This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Kia you're listening to Flashing Today on NPR Manawatu People's Radio. Te reo rangi o tangata o Manawatu. I'm Ben Schmidt from the Manawatu Tenants Union and this week we're going to be talking, it's again covering off um, some tips to keep you safe while you are out there renting. We're talking about an event coming up in the community uh, before sharing some of the latest renting news uh, from around the country and then moving into playing a or continuing our interview and wrapping it up with Ruth Jackson um, and some of the conversations that she's been having with people around housing uh, in New Zealand and internationally. So without any further ado, getting straight into tips to keep you safe while you are out there renting. Our tip for this week is just to get help early. If that is you're having a tenancy issue and you're not sure about if what is happening is legal or you're wondering what the best way to go about tackling this issue is, get help early. Uh, You can contact us at Manawatu Tenants Union on 027-5422-071. If you are, say, looking for housing or needing to find accommodation for whatever reason as well, you can get help from the Housing Advice Centre, open 10am to 3pm weekdays. Really great at providing advice, information and support around looking for accommodation. And with that as well, it is a tight housing market and it is very tough out there. That is not your fault. But absolutely get help early. Um, There's a lot more that we can do together when we have more time. Uh, As far as events go, coming up we have a Making Change Happen 101 event coming up on Tuesday evening the 30th of November from 7pm to 8.30pm. By the time you're hearing this you will have just enough time to jump in there and come along if you would like to. You're welcome to come along in the evening, um, but it would be appreciated if you could RSVP to Tim Kendrew. Uh, that is tim.kendrew, K-E-N-D-R-E-W, at pncsc.org.nz so we can make sure we've got numbers and safety guidelines all covered off. So that is an event coming up. At that event, we will be talking about bit of introduction to how do we make a plan to change issues in our community, whether that is through making a campaign, that is lobbying, petitioning. We'll be looking at some of the different tools you can use to make things happen uh, for you and your community at that more political or social level. Moving on into the latest renting news, um, the government has announced that they will be launching an inquiry into building costs or building materials. Um, Certainly there have been reports uh, that the cost of building materials and costs may be higher than it should be um, and that is something that certainly has an impact on our housing market, although it is only one part of it. 
and we look forward to seeing that inquiry happen and the results of it. Remembering though that that is only a small part. Fundamentally we need more housing, more public housing and rent control to keep rents down for tenants. So so um, as we spoke about the other week, the Office of the Privacy Commissioner is ramping up some of their efforts to tackle privacy breaches and uh, failing to meet privacy laws around the renting and tenancy market. Um, very encouraging to see that happen. We had a conversation with someone from the Office of the Privacy Commissioner yesterday and you will be hearing more about that on this show in the future. We're still waiting to see um, some more guidelines come out around what will the traffic light system mean for tenants um, and tenancy situations as we move towards that this week when you're listening to the show. That is a quick summary of the news. Uh, Not as much news for this week, so we're now going to jump right into playing the remainder of our interview with Ruth Jackson. You mentioned living over an apartment over in Japan. Was that very different to, say, renting in Wellington in New Zealand? Yeah, um, they have a totally different um, kind of paradigm for housing in Japan. Like often houses are seen as a depreciating asset rather than something that appreciates. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't understand fully all the economic ins and outs, Mm. but um, obviously apartment living is a lot more common and also there's a pretty extensive public transport network and train network. So um, you can... You can live close to a train station and get anywhere really easily. Um, also, bicycling was more common. So, um, yeah, transport-wise, you could be really connected to places with a train station nearby and being able to ride your bike to and from that. Um, yeah, I lived in a kind of industrial town, but um, I was close to a big city centre and... Um, you know, when you go to the train station, everything's there. There's like apartments right at the train station, and there's all the, um, all your retail and your entertainment right there, um, which is quite different, I think, from New Zealand, which is more gone the suburban route, yeah. where you have a lot of houses with maybe not great transport, um, not necessarily built around a shopping center, even. So, um, yeah. It definitely opened my eyes to different ways of living and how to make things more convenient. And so here in New Zealand, obviously, a lot of people own homes. Um, I think it would be about half to two-thirds of the population approximately, but also there's this idea of home ownership sort of being the be-all and end-all of everything in life. Was that the same sort of ethos in Japan? or Definitely not, okay. yeah. Could a lot more people renting. Yeah, although rental was quite um, difficult to get into. They had this thing called key money, and I don't know, I mean, this was 20 years ago, so things might have changed, but you had to pay a big upfront cost to get into an apartment, Mm -hmm. and um, that cost covered some of the redecoration of the apartment because Mm -hmm. often things like wallpaper and um, tatami mats, which was used for flooring, would be re- completely replaced between tenants. And so um, 
key money kind of paid for some of that. But um, it did mean that getting into an apartment if you lost housing was quite a big financial barrier. Mm. And there were a lot of homeless in Japan, like especially older men um, who had lost employment when the Mm. Asian bubble burst. And um, so often at train stations at night, you'd have like hundreds of older men who would sleep in the train stations. Yeah, so um, definitely housing issues over there, different to New Zealand, but um, yeah, they had problems there as well. Yeah, and talk to bit about some of those wider impacts on housing, the economy. Um, have you found any intersecting issues with renting and the housing crisis here in New Zealand, um, whether it's whether it might be around welfare or employment, where we see other issues together with housing for better or for worse? Yeah, um, having talked to Bev James, who researches older adults in housing, mm-hmm. and also talking to Donna and her journey as someone who's of retirement age, um, has mobility issues mm-hmm. and also has housing issues. Um, yeah, that's something that I've really noticed. Yeah, if you have a mobility issue, um, then your housing um, choices are more limited by what you can actually like fit a walker through to get to the bathroom or whether you can even get into the house if there's steps. Um, so, yeah, that's something I've noticed. But I'm imagining I've got lots more interviews to do, so probably some of those themes will become more apparent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And well, certainly housing is a huge issue and we've been working over the years with an increasing number of older tenants, um, brings a lot of its challenges. Are there any solutions uh, that you see as being really important to ensuring that especially um, elder people have access to affordable and accessible housing in the community? Yeah, well, I think... Um... There are landlords who really care about their tenants and want to provide the best space available. Um, I think it would be great to have a change in culture of um, renting in New Zealand and with the idea that renting can be more long-term thing and it isn't just at the whim of a landlord who might sell up at any time or different circumstances mean that they terminate the lease and I guess um that was something that when I talked to Donna you know she had moved so many times because she'd moved somewhere and think right this is it and then um then it was a problem if the landlord terminated the lease for some reason and moving like that is so stressful so I think maybe if there was um more purpose-built rent to rent-to-live accommodation that was built for renting and what wasn't, yeah, easily sold or, you know, that provided a stable tenancy for people. I think that would be really cool. Um, And I haven't talked to the Palmerston North City Council yet, um, partly because of Level 2, we wanted to do an in-person interview. So um, that's on the cards. But I think um, what I see happening in Palmerston North is really cool, like with Papa Yoya Place and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think the more housing that can be provided for um, people so it's affordable and um, for people who might have to rent their whole lives so that 
there is affordable housing for that demographic, I think that would be really important. Mm. I think you agree. And as talked about as well around some of the issues of housing facing the queer or rainbow community, would you like to discuss that any further? That is yeah, well, um, I mean, that's kind of something that comes at different life stages. Like, mm. um, unfortunately, people who come out as a member of a rainbow community um, can sometimes, if they're teenagers or living with their parents mm. or family, can sometimes experience rejection from the family home. Mm. So there's homelessness in that demographic of young people not being accepted by their families or communities. And um, that, I think, can lead to all kinds of issues in someone's life if they experience homelessness at that early part of their life. Um, and then um, I think these demographics are changing, but from the research I've done, I've seen that um, people members of the rainbow community are less likely to have children. So um, as they age, they have to find other supports within their communities. Um, and also um, they are less likely to earn as much throughout their lives, especially female um, members of the rainbow community. Um, so, yeah, when they reach retirement, they might not have paid off a mortgage. They might not have been homeowners. Um, and, yeah, there's issues as they age as well. Um, retirement communities aren't necessarily set up for rainbow people, and I think that's changing, and I think I've heard about people who do training in retirement communities to make them more um, accessible and um, pleasant for members of the rainbow community, but I think um, that's always an ongoing issue as well. And they've done some really cool work like in the States, um, there's a place called Triangle Square in Los Angeles, and they actually address both those issues of the teenage um, homelessness in the rainbow community and the needs of the elder community as well. So they have mentoring programs, they have housing supports, and um, they actually bring those two generations together to support each other, which I think is really cool. So, yeah, there's some great stuff happening that I think could inspire maybe more of that support in New Zealand as well. Yeah, thank you. That's been really interesting. I know as in the Netherlands uh, more broadly, they've had some similar programs with youth living with older people where that's worked well. And um, I know the some recent research that's been done recently, I think the wording was non-heterosexual um, people or tenants are twice as likely to have their tenancies uh, terminated or to be evicted as uh, who identify as heterosexual. And it also, you know, for us, Manutu Tenants Union highlights the importance of so we need to address housing issues, but also we need to be pushing back against discrimination and um, equality more broadly. You can't have, have one without the other. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you for talking about, is there anything else um, that you'd like to discuss while we're on here or that may have come out of any of those good at all you've had? Oh, um, thanks for your support and interest in the podcast. It's a mm -hmm. bit of a um, work in progress at the moment, but um, I really appreciate you speaking on the podcast and um, having me here today. And um, I'm at that research stage of trying to find new people to interview. So 
anyone has any tips for me, yeah, please, if they can, get in contact with you and you can pass those on. I'd love to hear about anything cool that's happening in that space. Great. Thank you. Uh, that was Ruth Jackson uh, with us on NPR. We have anyone interested in having a chat with her uh, about what she's doing on. We have our contact details at the end of each episode. And if you get in touch through that way, we will pass that on. That was our interview with Ruth Jackson. Very interesting person and very interesting conversation. Um, don't forget to listen to her podcast, Housing Cast. When that comes out, uh, we will certainly be giving it a plug on this show and look forward to listening to it. Moving on then to wrap up the show for this week. Don't forget if you have any renting issues or questions, you can always contact us at the Manawatu Tenants Union on 027-5422-071 or you can flick us an email on info at mtu.org.nz Check out our Facebook page, drop by the office in King Street for a chat. We're there for renters. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.